Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, my man, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan brand unis during my time. Now, you can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. I'm on Snapchat, at Big Meach 41, and soon to be on TikTok. That's right. Now, this is the special edition of the podcast, my interview series with a very special guest. All right, folks, I'm excited to welcome in this Bearcat legend. He ranks fourth all-time on the UC scoring list with 1,885 points, played from 2006 to 2010. I want to welcome in my guy, Deontay Vaughn. What's going on, bro? What's going on, Meach? I'm doing well. Now, now tell everyone, tell all the Bearcat fans out there, whenever you see me, what is the first thing you say to me? Where my Jordan's at, bro. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the first thing I say when I see you every time I'm in Cincinnati. Oh, every time. Where my Jordan's at, bro. And you, you've been saying that since 2006. You realize that, right? Yep, and you, and I still ain't got a pair. But I'm going <laughs> to keep going until I get one. Now, listen, um, I tweeted out that I was getting some former players on this show and you were one of the most requested players. And one of the reasons I was thinking through this, like, you know, why, why was Deontay one of the most requested uh, players for, for me to interview? And I think it has a lot to do with what you did for the program during the time you played here. And so what I wanted to do was I want to kind of go through your journey in basketball, what led you to the Bearcats and your experience while you were here. So let's go through the journey. Um, you're from Indianapolis. You attended Arlington High School, correct? Correct. Okay. Let's talk about your high school career. I had a great high school career overall at, at Arlington. It was fun. You know, I, I played with a lot of my boys in the summertime. And we, we just uh, good to manage and, and, and match good together by senior year which led us to be uh, number one in the state of Indianapolis and uh, number three in the nation after we beat Greg Odom and Mike Conley in um, high school. Oh, wow. And after that, everything just took off for everybody on my, on our team as far as, you know, everybody being highly recruited. As far as everybody know, I was the most highly recruited player on our team, but everybody else started getting more schools involved after that situation. And for our whole senior year, I could say we, we led the state – in scoring, and we was number one in the state all the way up into playoffs. Nice. So you go from having a great high school career, very accomplished, and you end up going to Harmony here in Cincinnati. And was yes. Rodney Crawford your coach? Yeah, Rodney Crawford was definitely the coach. He ended up getting me there because I had uh, I was committed to IU at the time, and uh, Mike Davis and them wanted me to go to prep for a year. So I decided to go to prep for a year, but Cincinnati has always been uh, my dream school. Like uh, my first AAU coach would tell you when he first asked me what school I was going to go to, Cincinnati. It okay, was, so, it was, so, was, so why was, is that? Yeah. 
Why is that? It was because it, it was a it was that school. You know what I mean? It was, it had that tradition. The the hard grind players, the Jordans, the red and black, just the fight, mm. the way they was just playing. It was just everything about them was 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 everything that I liked and wanted to be a part of. Now that's great. And Ronnie Crawford played for the Bearcats. So was that a little bit of a uh, odd scenario that? You were committed to go to Indiana. They wanted you to go to prep. You end up going to prep school and playing for a guy who played for the Bearcats. So, did that was that part of helping lead you to the Bearcats? Well, no, not exactly. Uh, Mick been recruiting me since he was at Murray State. Okay. So Mick, I always been on Mick's radar. But after I had committed to IU, a lot of them had backed off. And then when I was at prep with Rodney, you can ask them. I had a lot of recruits coming down. I've I've had Tennessee offer me. I'd had Memphis come at me, but the time Memphis actually came with Calipari and them, I was injured, so he couldn't actually see me play. He heard of me, and funny story was he was sitting on our bench during the game. Rodney called uh, Rodney let him sit on our bench and watch the game, and he was asked because he didn't know exactly who I was because I don't think he ever seen me by face. He just heard of me, and he asked. Uh, which number was Deontay Vine? And I told him, you talking to him. And I was sitting on the bench in full clothes and everything. <laughs> and I that I was so mad. I was like, damn, that's Tom Calipari. You know what I mean? Like, that's a, yeah. that's somebody you would, that, you know what I mean, that got good recruits and always have a great class. But yeah. at the end of the day, it still worked out for me to go to one of my dream schools. So at the end of the day, I don't take nothing from it. Rodney Crawford was a good coach. He had us out there doing 6 a.m. runs in the morning at prep school. Mm. Yeah, Rodney's a great guy, and he's back working with the Bearcats right now and with Coach Brandon, so it's good to good to see him back there. So let's talk a little bit about that um, your relationship with Mick. So you said that he recruited you when he was at Murray State, and then you get to Harmony, and, and so UC's your dream school. What, what was the final decision? Like, how did you decide, I want to be a Bearcat? How did that all come about? Well, it was something new. It was, everybody had left Cincinnati. I I went to a couple open gyms before they even all the players left. But uh, they they came in that picture at, at the right time because I've just passed the ACT mm-hmm. and everything was just going well for me at the moment. So fresh off a, a nice injury, Mick came to my house. I was injured, actually, still. I was in a boot. Mick came to the house and was talking to me and talking to my dad and everything. And I already, I told Mick from the get-go, like, you don't have to do all that because at the end of the day, that's where I want to go, Cincinnati. It's no if ands, or buts about it. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, it's a new program. It's a way for me to show, prove my talent and show what I'm capable of doing, especially in a Big East conference like that. Yeah. Now, you coming into the Bearcats during that 2016, and you were part of Mick's first-ever team. And I think one thing Mick Cronin does not get enough credit for is that first season that he came in, I mean, he had no players when he got that job. I mean, he had, I should say, he had very few players. I think Ronald Allen, Seth McGowan, um, Brandon Miller. But he had to put together a roster in such a short period, and I think you being the the big piece of that roster. Um, but I, don't think he, I don't think he gets enough credit for that, you know? Right. Yeah, I don't think he does neither. I mean, if for somebody to come in with no player to ever play the D1 basketball game and come in with a lot of pressure to coach a team full of basically rookies is 
freshmen basically I can say on the court as, as far as D1 basketball is was crazy. And it was a great learning experience for everybody, I feel, because everybody I felt like after that went on to either do something successful with their life or something successful in the basketball career field. No doubt about it. And then speaking of success, let's talk a little bit about the season. Um, in in the actual Big East, now this is the period where you guys are in the Big East. You guys didn't have a lot of success in the Big East. You guys were two and fourteen, and for the season uh, you were eleven and nineteen. Um, but I thought there were a couple games that I want to I want to talk about. It's it's funny the the crosstown shootout here locally obviously is, is one of the biggest games in our town, and everybody loves for the Bearcats to beat Xavier if you're a Bearcat fan. And it was just kind of an odd year that you know Mick takes over, puts together this this roster quickly. And now we've got to go play Xavier. I believe it was at home that year. And it's just yeah. like, we're not going to beat Xavier. And we beat Xavier. Take us through that right. game, if you remember. Man, it was the probably the wildest game ever. That was like everybody's <laughs> first mainstream of the Cincinnati-Xavier Crosstown rivalry shootout. Mm-hmm. And everybody was just like, in tune, like we was locked in, like as as a core, as a whole group, we was we was locked in for that game. Like we we all we everything in practice, we was locked. We was yep. locked, but nobody taking no downfall. Everybody was diving on the floors in the practice and stuff before they for the games and just getting themselves prepared. And everything we done with scouting helped us prepare for that game. And it was just uh, all around great game from everybody all around. Everybody did they roll on on the court for us to help us win that game. And and, and for, for people that are on the outside looking in for, you know, people that might not be from Cincinnati, Ohio, it, it, the Xavier game is different. It's just different. It, it doesn't matter if Xavier's down, if UC's down, or, you know, whoever's the better team. It's just a different game. The intensity is different, man. Can you explain that? Man, it's like a thousand volts going through your body, watts going through your body. Everybody's just juiced up, amped up. Mm -hmm. Like, it's crazy. Fans, everybody's crazy. Players, coaches. Coaches discussing each other, players out, pushing them in practice. (laughs) Like, just getting everybody mentally prepared for that because that's two ends town, D1 schools, not even 10 miles away from each other, playing each other. And it's, and it's to show who's king of the town. Yep. And it's just it's a great it's a great rivalry game. But anybody that loves basketball will love should always go see an Xavier Cincinnati game. Yep, no doubt. And then another another rivalry game, um, Ohio State. Um, you guys played Ohio State and, and lost to them and it was kind of a it, it was a weird thing, you know, we, we finally play Ohio State and Bearcat fans are excited. Um and I mean, it was a tough game for you guys. Very tough. Very tough. It was actually here in Indianapolis in my hometown. We was playing downtown at the Pacers Stadium. Yeah, that's right. And and Ohio State was is a great team. You got you they had at least four D four first round draft picks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At least. Mm-hmm. And you know, you we, we undersized we wanted to fight and we fought but you know, we were just undersized and you know what I mean, undermanned and they had a little bit more experience and you know what I mean? When you got a seven footer Greg Oden blocking everybody's shot, ain't nothing we can really do. You know no. what I'm saying? So with everybody on they 
starting lineup being six two, six three and above, and I'm coming in at easily six foot. So they just <laughs> nobody could see the basket. But you know, it was just a great time just being at UC just for everybody. I felt like it was rivalry games, playing in town schools and things like that are in in state schools. It's everybody loves it. Yep. And and, and the funny thing is, like like I said, the season wasn't that season wasn't like the greatest success as far as wins and losses. Like I said, two and fourteen in the Big East, eleven and nineteen overall. At one point during the season you guys had a ten game losing streak. And, you know, obviously that's tough, but I think there were a lot of Bearcat fans that could see okay, something's going on good here. And just going to the 2007 season, adding some new players to the roster, Rashad Bishop, Larry Davis, um, Darnell Wilkes, um, and you're back for another season, and you are, once again, for the second year in a row, the leading scorer on the team. So going into your second season, like what, what was your mindset? Win, just win by any cause. This, I, I knew that I would have to shoot more, be more aggressive with the ball. And, you know, my teammates wanted me to do that. You know what I mean? They knew, like Marcus Sykes would tell me, shoot the ball. Like, he was my roommate. Shoot the ball, bro. I don't care. We we need you to shoot the ball. I don't care if you shoot the ball. I don't care if you shoot from half court. Like, just that, Jamal, I'm going to find you. Just set take some screens, man. Set to, You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that, little encouragement from the older guys. You understand, yep. they was older. So, for them, giving me the leading role, and, you know what I mean, John, me and John was a good pick-and-roll duo. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. just them, by giving me that leading role, helped me become a more, a better, efficient player for it. Yep, yep, without a doubt. <clears throat> and and um, <laughs> this is this is kind of funny. I wanted to bring this up. Um, you guys go and, and, and play West Virginia at West Virginia. And that was such a hyped-up game because you guys are going, you're playing Coach Huggins. I remember watching that game. I got to tell you this story. So a couple friends of mine had a big party for the game. So they had like a watch party, Bearcats versus West Virginia. And there's just like tons of us sitting around, you know, just partying. And the game's getting ready to come on. And they do like this little transition from whatever game was on before and they were like, up next, Cincinnati versus West Virginia. And all of a sudden, you see a picture of Coach Huggins with a yellow suit and yellow shoes on. Do you remember that? He looked like Big Bird out there. He was bright. <laughs> he was very bright out there with all that yellow on. What did but you that's think? classic hugs. That's it, classic hugs. We wore crazy stuff like that at UC, all red suits. Like, he didn't care. Like, it was just a classic hug, you know what I mean? <laughs> what you what you think as a player? I mean, you're an opposing player, and you're looking over like, what's up with this pimp suit he's got on? Like, what? what? And he had on the yellow gaiters. I thought he was trying to go out for being on the Supremos or something. I didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> I, I thought hugs was part of Mafia boss right there. <laughs> but you guys go on to win that game 62-39. to 39. Like, nobody saw that coming. Um, and it was crazy because the party I was at, we were going crazy. And we were like, is this is this for real? And this team goes at West Virginia and just and kills them. Um, d- describe that game a little bit. 
Man, it was kind of wild. It was like a wild atmosphere because West Virginia is like it's just nothing there. It's like a like the hotel when we got there is like a ghost town. I was like, there's no people out, like nobody walking, no nothing. But then again, it was kind of cold too. So, mm-hmm. but like they atmosphere and they gym is just it's crazy. Like they have a great overall atmosphere in that town where everybody's wild and you just see the blue and yellow. Then you play in the game and everybody's Four court press, and then they go to a zone. We we had to, we did a great job of scouting that week to adjust to everything they was doing, and we mm-hmm. was very successful with it. But you know, one of our key things was getting out on people on defense. That's the system they was doing. We we came out that game just ready and locked in as a team to do what we had to do to get that win. And plus, we wanted it for Cronin because you know he's going up against somebody who who trained him to be a coach. You know, mm-hmm. so. For sure, that was a big game. That was a big game for him, and, I, and and we just wanted to go out there and and make him proud at that moment. Yep, well said. So, you know, you, th- there were some ups and downs with the season. It seemed like you guys were hitting some strides at some point, but at the end of the season, you guys finished um, with a seven-game losing streak, and then you guys went to the CBI tournament and lost to Bradley. Now, h- how did you feel at that point? You know, Deontay, as the not only the leading scorer on the team, but, you know, one of the leaders of this team. And you guys, seven-game losing streak, no NCAA tournament, lose to Bradley in the CBI. I mean, it had to be disappointing. I mean, it was very disappointing because we all had to go. Like, we, we knew that with some of the pieces that came in, we was ready. And by the way we were playing, we was ready to get into the, either NIT or the NCAA. But we just, we just hit a – we just hit a drought, you know, with players being height-wise with us. You know, our center is Marcus Sykes, 16 and 69 mm-hmm. at that. Everybody else we're going against got two centers, seven foot, six eleven. So, you know, we was playing undersized. We did everything we could, you know. And our seniors, they played their hearts out all year. You know, we had our ups and downs on the court as a team losing, but that was just something that I think that hurt more for our seniors because the way that they actually carry themselves throughout the whole school year and the whole year to either get into the NCAA tournament or NIT, something that they wanted to do. And we just felt like everybody was hurt from that because we wanted to really get that for them. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I get it. And then so you go from that season into the 2008 season where at this time your third year – this is by far the most, at this time, the most talented roster that Mick Cronin has had since he took over. You know, you add Yancey, uh, Deion Dixon, and other guys. This is your guys' most talented roster at this point. Um, yeah, that was that was our that was a real good roster. We we had all our pieces. We definitely had every piece, and we did it. We did solid. Like we were showing people, like we, the program is on the rise. You know what I mean? Yep. And I think. That year was one of our best years at Cincinnati that let people know that we we here now. Like we, we fully established. We gon we gonna try to make some noise. Yeah, and I think what some people don't understand is at that time, Deontay, the Big East was a monster league. I mean it still is a monster league, but every night was a tough game. You guys finished eighteen and four on the season total, but Every game was a grind in the Big East, man. And that's tough when 
Mick's taking over, putting together his own program, establishing his identity, and you're playing in, at that time, the best conference in the country. Yeah. It was tough. I, like, I, like I would tell it was tough. You know, you got Syracuse, the whole lineup, 6-11 playing in the zone. You got 6-11 players all on, on the court. Then you playing Georgetown with Hibbert and Summers and Sapp. Then mm-hmm. we got, you know what I mean, then we traveled to where Marquette, where they got the three-guard duo, James, Matthews, McNeil. You know, it was it was it was wild. It was tough for everybody. Yep. It was tough, but we was we was ready. We we had a lot of grind nose players that wasn't backing down from anybody, and you know, and that's what that's what Cincinnati brought that mm-hmm. that grind, that that defense, yep. that mentality, and we had players that was capable of doing that, and then we also had players that was capable of hitting shots and doing doing things we need to do to win, just the intangibles. So that was a big year for us overall at Cincinnati, and I don't think there could have been any tougher conference in the world still to this day than that Big East in that 2007-8 season. Yeah. Or 2008-9. Well, well, to your point, I remember – so you guys really started to, you know, pick up some steam that season, and I was really excited for the uh, Big East tournament. So I went to New York. I was at Madison Madison Square Garden um, that season, and you guys played DePaul. And to your point, you know, people look at DePaul and say, "Oh, DePaul's not the you know toughest team in the Big East." Yeah. You know, but yeah. I'm telling you, man, they they were tough. And you guys went and played DePaul that first round and lost. And it was lost. a tough tough game. I think lost by like ten or so or something like that. Yeah, that that was probably the most devastating game I've had at Cincinnati. Why is that? DePaul in the first round, lose to DePaul in the first round of Big East. They was the bottom team. Yep. And we was the favorite to win that, and we just came out and stunk it up. Mainly myself, but we just played bad, and and that hurt. Like that's mm-hmm. DePaul. Like we should we we beat all these other teams. We have beat DePaul at DePaul. Like why? We lose yep. by ten to the pound the first game. Like that just let us we weren't focused. We was we was in our own world. We weren't ready. We took them light and they came out and, and gave us everything we was looking for. And that and that game hurt. That's DePaul. Like I don't take no offense to DePaul as a program and anything like that, but we in my eyes, Cincinnati shouldn't lose to DePaul. I I, I get you, man. And and then once again, um you guys didn't make the NCAA tournament. But I, I tell you, the thing is, once again, you can see things starting to turn. And um, I was around you guys quite a bit. You remember I used to come to practice and, you know, I was at the games. And I could see I could see this thing just building and building. And you were, in my opinion, the, the piece that helped the program build and build and build. And – Going from that season to the 2009 season, I think people were – the expectations were extremely high because you start to bring in a guy like Lance Stevenson, who's obviously a very decorated player. Uh, Cashmere comes in, Jaquan Parker. So the roster is like – now everybody's like, hey, man, this is, this is the squad right here. Um, but it was an up-and-down season that year. You know, you guys would like – Win, lose, win, win, lose. 
um, very, very up and down. Yeah, it, it was. Yeah, it was a very up and down year. That was just a lot of everybody wanted to do their own things. Like it, it was just us and ourselves overall. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. nothing about Cronin or nobody. It was it was us. We we didn't lock in as a as a group that year. I think we was just all still trying to. I don't know. Um, mesh mesh as well with 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 everybody that we brought in to play with us. Yeah, it was just we wasn't. I don't think I could say we was all in tune with each other as a team. Yep, you know, and and, and that's and that's not that's not taking enough from the program, the coach, nobody. That that was just I could take leadership on that for not bringing everybody together on that and, and gelling in, you know. But that was probably that's that, and that wasn't. And I I agree with you. It wasn't up and down year for everybody, and everybody numbers was up and down. We was up and down as a team, like. We just wasn't locked in the four year. We'll we'll lock in some games and then we'll just say forget it and take a break. You know what I mean? And yep. that's just being honest with it. And you know that and that was just a sad thing because that was my senior year and I should have took more into that with leadership role of it. And you know, but you look at the end of the season and I really started to think you guys were were, were kind of catching some wind, um, especially in the conference tournament. I think. You guys won the conference tournament that year, right? I think you guys won the conference tournament, and then you went to the NIT and then lost in the second round to Dayton. Um, correct? We didn't win the conference tournament. We we stayed in the tournament long enough. <laughs> okay, okay. I couldn't could remember. We that. That's why Scott, that's I why think we went to, like, second or third round. That's right. I'm sorry, because you guys would have made the NCAA if you won the tournament. Yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. So then um, with NIT and we lost to um, Dayton in the second round. Yeah. Now, how how did you how did you feel as far as like this is this is four years for you, and in your four years you never played NCAA tournament. Yeah, that that's something I've never got to experience and it was kind of devastating. So, but at the end of the day, I felt like I gave them all all four years and I done everything I could to help us get into the NCAA tournament. We came up short, and, you know, I appreciate everything, all the love the fans gave me, everything about Cincinnati, the whole organization, everybody there. And for us, for me not to make that was was a, was devastating because it was definitely a goal. And for me to – a player for me who can probably have left my sophomore year <laughs> – you know mm-hmm. what I mean, and went to make hopefully millions was 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 even more hurt because I, I I felt like I gave it my all at the end of the day, so it hurt before, but after I was I was more satisfied with it because I can live with myself knowing I gave my all. Yeah, I no. stepped on that floor. Well, I I think the I think the fans at the end of the day really appreciated all that you did for the program. And I remember one moment you guys were playing Weber State, and um, you hit that three pointer. I believe it was from the left side of the of the court, and um, that made you the uh, three point leader. And at one point during the game, they kind of stopped the game, and the crowd just man gave you a standing ovation. I think you bowed, if I remember correct. You like a little bow it was pretty funny, but. I mean, I hope you realize, man, you know, that the fans really appreciated what you did for the program. 
Yeah, I mean, I appreciate the love and support that the fans always gave me. And I didn't even, the funny thing about it, I didn't even know I was at the record breaking. You know what I mean? Nobody never acknowledged to me, told me that I was there. If they would have told me, I probably would have went in my open gym mode. (laughs) (laughs) You're fired up. (laughs) You're fired up and and knowing it's going to go in. But that was, that was a, Actually, that I didn't even like. I honestly didn't know that I was becoming the number one player three point make in Cincinnati history. Like, yeah. never knew, wasn't aware. Nobody never told me I was there, or you got three more threes to make, or none of that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I was very surprised when they stopped the game. I'm like, what the hell? They stopped the game? What? You know what I mean? What they stopped the yeah. game for? Yeah. Do you remember taking a bow? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I see it's on YouTube. I I watched it the other day. Matt, oh, no, okay. my son showed me the other day. You know, my son, okay. he YouTube's all sports, so he be watching little videos that I may have posted or got posted on there. I ain't sent to him, so he sent me like, "You taking a bow?" <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I, I remember that. That was too good. Um, so quickly, give us a um, give us a rundown after you finished at UC. Um, you had a professional career, so kind of run through quickly um, how your professional career went, kind of the journey you had with that. Well, my professional career has been great for me. You know, uh, I've been playing overseas since 2010-11, and you know, I've been to Poland, France, Turkey. Germany, like I and visit places and played against people that I played against in college, played played against a couple of Xavier players, you know. It's mm. it's a great it's a great journey and you know, for a lot of people it's not for and some people is made to be overseas, especially if you known to being alone. You know what I mean? Like me, I'm mm-hmm. a loner so I could I can adapt to environment that I'm that I'm in. Like most people can't make it the first couple of months. Oh, I can't eat this or this look nasty. But most people ain't willing to ain't never had that life where they was left no choice, you know what I mean? So I'm always down to try stuff and you know, overseas was just a, a great journey, meeting new people, learning different languages, just learning that coffee shops is is, is the world and it means nothing in the States. Uh <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's just it's just cool, man. It's a great experience. I I encourage people if they don't make their dreams in the NBA and it don't follow through, don't be scared to take that chance to go overseas. Definitely, it's a lot of money over there. Yeah, you you said something I think is is really really uh, spot on, and that is you know one thing with athletics is you meet a lot of people, you make great connections. But if you have the opportunity to play professionally overseas, I mean, the cultural experience that you've gotten so far, you got to think about this, Deontay. You are in such a small percentage of the of the world of people that have had a chance to travel all those places. Like most people will never step foot in a lot of those countries and places that you just named. And you have the opportunity doing something that you love to do. Right. So right. and and that, and that was the main thing. Like it, it's more so the basketball game, but I love my money too. So it was <laughs> it was like both and hand in hand. And, and I always put in my mind, it's like this is like a paid vacation. Like I'm get to go travel the world. Yeah, right. To do it. Right. So in my mind, I always 
looked at it as it's a paid vacation. It's just I got to stay. You know what I mean? But yeah, I'm getting yeah. paid. So at the end of the day, who cares? But as long as I know that what I'm doing it for and who I'm doing it for at the end of the day, that which push push me to keep continue to play overseas for as many years I've been playing. Yep. Now, hey, listen, at the end of the podcast, I always like to do this with whoever I interview. I do quick questions and quick answers. Okay? You ready for this? Quick questions, quick answers. All right. Yep. So we've got quick questions, quick answers with Deontay Vaughn. So number one, what is your favorite Air Jordan sneaker of all time? Jordan Fours. Ooh, which, which colorway? Right now, I have bought the all red ones. I'm really loving them, but I gotta probably say the mocha brown. Okay. Oh wow. Nice. Nice. Okay. All right. So uh, number two, during your career for the Bearcats, at one point you were the all-time career leader in assists, all-time career leader in minutes played, and games started, three-point field goals. Three three point field goals attempted. Of all those stats, which one were you most proud of? The assist. Hmm. Why? Did everybody say I don't pass? <laughs> <laughs> right. So I tell people I let us assist every year, which means I don't pass. <laughs> <laughs> That's too good. That's too good. All right, question number three. Um, your your former teammate, Lance Stevenson, um, I'm going to say attempted. I'm not even sure if that's the right word, but he attempted a rap career. Do you remember that? Uh, I've I, I talked to him almost. Uh, we hoop together all the time. He's living in Indianapolis. So, I mean, definitely remember it, hear it, listen <laughs> to him, played it, all that. Try to forget it, yep. So, yeah. Now, that leads me to ask you this. If you didn't play basketball and you could be one of the two, which one would you be? Would you rather be a rapper or an R&B singer? R&B singer. Why? Cuz I got vocals, man. No, I just like I like R&B music more <laughs> than I like um rap music like that. Okay, you can sing. Can you really sing, or are you? Are you Man, like I can't sing. I can't sing worth a dime. But get me in a car. I'll be the best. I'm the best car singer you ever seen. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Who are some of your favorites? Um, most people I like with everybody. You know, Chris Brown. Uh, I like August Alcina. I like um, The Weekend, Party Next Door, okay. uh, LMA. I like. Some, I like a. A lot of female artists. I like the old stuff, though. You know what I mean? Mary J, Lauren Hill. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of old people. Okay. Okay. That's my, my generation of uh, music. Mary J, yeah, Lauren yeah. Hill. So you just called me old, dog. You realize that, right? That's cool. Um, I said the older music. <laughs> okay. 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 All right. Last question here. Um, what is one thing people would be surprised to know about you? Uh, I'm I'm very goofy. Mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of people. A lot of people think I'm mean, but I'm very goofy. I joke a lot. You know that. 
I, oh, I, trust me, I do. And, and you're, <laughs> no, you're right because, like, your expression on the court and then sometimes when you just walk around doesn't set off that this dude's goofy and funny. Nah, it doesn't sound like he mean, man. He, yeah. <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> and people think I'm mean, but I'm really not. Like, I'm the most chill, laid-back, goofy person they going to meet. I would I would totally agree with that. And that, that segues me to say this. Um, you know, we oftentimes, um, within the whole Bearcat community, the, the, the Bearcat fans, everyone kind of talks about, you know, who are the greatest Bearcats of all time and, and this and that. You know, Oscar obviously is at the top, and they talk about Kenyon and all that good stuff. But I think you exist, Deontay, in a special space um, with Bearcat basketball because I, I think – there are players that come along that are so important to a program and you were that guy. And if you really think about it, when you came in with that first Mick Cronin recruiting class and all four years that you stayed, busted your ass, worked hard, um, all that you did, that was a huge building block for the years after. I mean, you think about the year after you played, you know, that team goes to the NCAA tournament, and a lot of that stuff was built on what you did and what you did uh, for the program. And I hope you understand that, and I think you should also know that. I think a lot of the Bearcat fans understand that. And I and back to what I said at the beginning, that's why a lot of people on Twitter wanted me to interview you. Uh, once again, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate all the love and support from the fans, you, the whole Cincinnati program, you know, w- without them, I probably wouldn't be in a great situation I'm in now. So, with that being said, I, I appreciate the opportunity for ever coming to play for UC and being one of the top players in Cincinnati's history. Oh, there's no doubt about that. And you came to a game this past season, um, which a lot of fans were excited about that. And uh, hopefully we can get you back to some more games this coming season. Oh uh, yeah, I'm definitely coming. I'm I'm ready for them. They um I'm kind of mad about the season's ending, but as also I would like to express that uh later on in the summer coming soon in Cincinnati, I will be having a um a basketball camp and it may be at Harmony Prep School. Okay. They build a new gym there. So me and a couple of my prep school teammates are, are working on it right now. So just for some friends out there to let them know that um I'll be putting information out on my Facebook or my Instagram, which is NUCKD5, K-N-U-C-K-D-5. And I will be putting some information out there as far as when the camp is going to start and how you can enroll your your child or yourself into Deontay Vaughn's basketball camp. That's good, man. Hey, and make sure you reach out. If there's any way that I can help you with that, um, please let me know. But that's a, that's a good thing, man, real good thing. So we appreciate you doing that. And give me more information on that, okay? All right, I will do. All right, man. Hey, listen, I wanna I wanna thank you for coming on the show. And listen, let's let's get you on again. When you come to Cincinnati um to a game next season, let's let's do one in person. Let's do another interview in person, talk a little bit more in depth. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. All right, brother. Appreciate you coming on the show, man. We'll talk. All right. We'll All right. Talk. I want to thank everybody for listening to our special episode, our interview series of the 
Bearcat Basketball Podcast. And once again, you can follow me on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. Also on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham. On Snapchat, at Big Meach 41 and soon to be on TikTok. I appreciate everybody listening to the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats!